Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have with this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast today is Victor Fredoum, CEO of Shafti Pro. Identity verification has been existing like in Europe and in the US for quite some time, but still some parts of the world is still not really covered when it comes to verifying individuals. The technology hasn't really been in that place as of late, but uh, during the past few years, like the technology has been exploding in those areas as well. So that's why we feel it's important to include every country in the world. When we tried our competitors with very unsuccessful results, we basically had like huge customer drops in terms of verifying their identities and the, the delay it took for actually verifying them. It basically, and then to be honest, like it pissed us off a little bit because we started losing more and more customers. So we basically decided, hey, let's do something about it. This is Victor. He has many years of experience in the payments field and has founded several successful fintech companies such as Odeon Solutions, GiroShift, Zenst, and StuffTimer. Owning and operating several payment companies gave Victor a great insight into the troubles that a lot of financial services and fintech companies are facing and what needs to be done and built to solve that. Our interview will focus on his work as the CEO of ID verification company Shafti Pro. It's a platform that enables banks and fintech companies to expand their business safely by enabling them to verify 7 billion people living on the planet with 99.6% precision. And this triggered me, and hence I invited Victor to my podcast. We explore the challenges that a lack of identity verification options create for bank and fintechs. We then discuss Shafti Pro's approach to fix this by taking a counterintuitive but very effective route to innovation. During this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, by focusing on solving a universal problem enables you to remain flexible and expand your business dramatically over time. Secondly, that to create defensible differentiation, you have to be prepared to take a contrarian approach in solving the complete problem. And thirdly, how devotion and hard work will always pay off and eventually turn customers into fans. And once this happens and they start talking about it to each other, you'll outgrow every competitor in your industry. So Victor, thank you very much for making the time today on, on the podcast to, uh, to share your vision and, and the big idea behind your company Shafti. Yeah, thank you very much. Glad to be here. So before we start, it's always interesting for my audience to get a little bit more details behind you. Like, like what are you passionate about and, and how, did you, how did you get to do what you do today? 
Sure. Well, I'm very passionate about basically anything related to fintech technologies. I've been in the space for the past 10 years, worked both with financial institutions, who have also owned and operated payment gateways. And I think that's what's originally gotten my interest to the whole sort of the technologies behind the fintech services that I saw like when we operated our own gateways, what technologies were existing in, uh, during that time, and also what were also like the new innovative approaches to technologies. And it basically includes everything from fraud prevention to video identity verification to basically better payment channels as well. Yeah. Well, immediate question that came up when I when you told me about your passion for fintech. Yep. What specifically about fintech excites you? I'm not exactly sure. I think it's the whole aspect of having like payments in more innovative ways. Like previously in the world, it was more like cash handling. Now it's all digitalized. We have cryptocurrency. I just find like the whole aspect very interesting for myself, especially since I'm involved in all kinds of sectors as well, including yeah. with fintech. Yeah, I think it's with technologies today. It's the impact that we can make by by doing things in a completely different way than we used to be able. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, talking about your company, Shifty Pro, what is the big idea behind it? The big idea about Shifty Pro is to be able to offer complete identity verification for anyone in the world. This is basically what we do at this stage already, that we can verify anyone in the world within one of the quickest time of actually doing verification. We're continually refining our services, but yeah, the, the main aspect of Shaftro is to be able to offer it to anyone in the world. And why is that important? Why, why is it important to, to identify someone? Usually, like, and this is always in the sense of which client it actually is, but for some reason, most clients are actually forced to verify some of their users in terms of if they're accepting payments from the customers or if they're dealing with financials. Our mission since identity verification has been existing like in Europe and in the US for quite some time, but still some parts of the world is still not really covered when it comes to verifying individuals. Uh-huh. The technology hasn't really been in that place as of late, but uh, during the f- past few years, like the technology has been exploding in those areas as well. So that's why we feel it's important to include every country in the world. Yeah, I understand. Particularly the part where, where it's not where it's not available today, because that's, that's, of course, where a lot of fraud can come from. Exactly. But, but what is broken then in the industry? I mean, what would happen? Let's turn the question around. What would happen if this, this was not available? You mean like completely not available at all? Well, or, or partly available as it was today. Partly available, like what actually happens then is that companies exclude those regions as well. Like in case they can't really do business with particular clients from different regions, they try to exclude them and only focus on the countries which they are actually accepted in. Yeah. With our service where we can basically verify anyone in the world, we can open up new regions and new markets for the clients as well. Yeah. So that's what you mean on your website. I've seen the, the, the phrase unlock opportunities. Exactly. Correct. Do I understand that right that, well, one of the, the main, since you are talking about your, your passion for fintech, that one of your main clients is, for example, a bank? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Banks, financial institutions, casino clients, telecom operators, those are all our primary clients at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And what makes it so hard to identify someone? I mean, is that, yeah, well, I mean, I think coming, you're making your point about that it was only available in, in Europe and in, in North America and not in other parts of the world, it likely has to do with the fact it's pretty complicated, right? Yeah, it's it certainly is. And like, if we take a look at the old technologies, for example, where you basically used human people to actually do like the complete verification, 
The problem is that a Swedish driver's license doesn't look the same as a Dutch driver's license, for example. So what this would actually mean is that you have to have two specialists, one for the Swedish market and one for the Dutch market. Yeah. What we are doing is that we are bringing in artificial intelligence to the whole verification process. So we train our system to be able to differentiate between different countries' ID documents and thus making it easier for us to verify them. We still rely partly on human experts as well. This is mainly in terms of an additional layer of security, especially since some regulations around the world actually require this to be a part of the process. Yeah. And one other thing which makes it hard for, uh, and this is also in regards to your other question as well, like why it's actually harder for some regions. The main thing is that in those regions, they might not have as developed ID documents as we do in Europe, for example, or in US, where we basically have new digital identities. So in those regions, they might still rely on old paper-based IDs, for example, where the security features on ID documents is not really as accessible as it is on an electronic ID document, for example. So that's one other thing which makes it harder for most competitors to verify those regions as well. Yeah. And if I if kind of pick it up and, and kind of start to apply this to companies, when, what would happen if, I mean, if, if a bank starts to use this or another institution, it's like, of course, it can be, be used in, in a variety of, of industries. Yeah. What is the opportunity if they start to use it? What is the, sort of the difference between before and after what you've seen yeah. so far? Basically, like in taking like a bank as, a, as an example, and it's actually a very good example. Usually, most banks, in terms if you're a new customer, you would like to open a new bank account, for example. The standard process that you would have to go into the bank branch, you would have to show yourself to a receptionist or something, and you would need yeah. to show your ID documents. With a service such as ours, what you can do is you can basically do this exact process remotely instead. Okay. You know, stay at home, they can show their ID documents, we can still do verification. The bank will still have all the proof about the KYC and AML part of the verification, and they can basically open the account remotely instead. Uh-huh, got you. So that, therefore, the whole onboarding and, uh, and account creation is way faster than before? Exactly. And yeah, the benefit is on two sides, I would see. It's, it's a benefit for the, for the, the consumer or the client, and at the end also for, for employees of the organization that are using it because it's taking away a lot of administrative baggage. Exactly, correct. Well, okay. Now, let me see. The thing you did, you've, you've globalized it, right? Yeah, well. Well, I mean, what I saw is that you can identify 7 billion people around the world with 97% accuracy. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Like, I would say that's pretty much everybody in the world here today. Yeah, so, what we claim as well. We can verify anyone anywhere with the quickest verification time in the industry. Yeah. Was that the vision from the start to not, for example, focus on, on your home country, Sweden, or to, to focus on the country where you're doing business in the UK, just to kind of have that global approach? It was. And just to also give you our, our main reason for why we actually came to create Shafter Pro was because we tested some of our competitors in the past with very unsuccessful results. Yeah. We basically saw that it was a need for a very customer oriented verification process so we want to give the customers a very quick and a very pleasant experience instead and when we actually came to create shafty pro what we actually did which is sort of like separated from our competitors is that instead of focusing on the european market and the u.s market where there are already some established providers we actually focused on the rest of the world instead and so when we built the shaft pro system we focused on the african region the asian region the latin region just to be able to cover these parts of the world as well yeah. It reminds me of my first interview for my podcast. Okay. I did an interview then with Maurizio Vecchione. He's working for a not-for-profit, but he was talking about catalytic invention. And he said, 
there's too little invention going on for people that really need it in, in, in parts of the world that are underdeveloped. But he said there's a big, a big benefit if you do that because if you can help them, you can help everybody. Is that, is that maybe also the reason that you started to focus on that? And did you, for example, also encounter bigger difficulties to, to, to conquer? First of all, like it was in our minds when we actually developed the system for those countries. We basically had it always in mind that even if these countries might be a little bit behind Europe and the US for now, with the digitalization happening like on a global scale of the world, especially like with new so like upcoming companies coming from those regions as well, it's only a matter of time where those countries will be as digitalized as we are in Europe and the US. In terms of problems we saw in the beginning, it was, of course, a bit harder for us to so like target those markets, especially since we we're European-based ourselves. That might have been why it actually took us quite a long time to actually develop Shafty Pro, but in the end, it was all worth it. What well, made it worth it? Basically receiving multiple clients from those regions almost instantly. Yeah, yeah I can imagine, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah when you, uh, you open up a big depth, that's especially false for that region. That's, uh, that's a big thing. But do you also see that it brings you business from, from Europe and from North America? Absolutely. Did- like yeah. we have many clients using our services at the moment, which act on a global basis. So if we approach a client and we tell them that with our system, you can basically verify anyone in the world instead of only verifying your customers in Europe and then having to do, let's say, a manual process for the rest of the world. Yeah. Of course, those clients will be interested in using our services. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if yeah, that, it, it makes the whole thing a lot easier at the end. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, going back to the... Well, you told me a little bit about what you saw in the market, but I'm also always, always interested, like, what's really sparked the idea to, to say, okay, now we're going to solve it? Was that what you just covered, or is there, is there something else around it, or another story? I think it was mainly, like, myself and other co-founders of the company, like, we have always been in this whole, like, market of artificial intelligence, yeah. machine learning, especially our CTO is very skilled in developing artificial intelligence applications. As I, as I mentioned previously, like when we tried our competitors with very unsuccessful results, we basically had like huge customer drops in terms of verifying their identities and the, the delay it took for actually verifying them. It basically, and then to be honest, like it pissed us off a little bit because we started losing more and more customers. So we basically decided, hey, let's do something about it. Yeah. CTO was super thrilled to build this system. So that's sort of like what basically got us inspired in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. And I mean... From the point that you started building to where you are right now, yeah. what, what do you believe is is the one or are the the one or two or three things you did really right in order to make the solution yeah, remarkable in in its own right? I think that the fact that we focus on like the the global world instead of just a few regions is yeah. one of the key things. We also focused very much on simply having added value services as well. So we didn't really only focus on the identity verification part, but we also enabled like the AML checks, which is usually part of the whole onboarding experience. So we focused on like different elements in order to basically create like a complete verification experience for the client. So there's no need to have multiple integration with different providers. You can simply just have one integration with us and then receive all the other services as well. That's an interesting one. Absolutely. I'm spending quite I'm spending spending quite some time in my book about that exact aspect. Yeah. You're talking about going going for the complete experience rather than one element of it. Exactly. Uh, and that makes the difference at the end for the customer. And I also like what you said in the beginning that you didn't kind of take the approach of of really solving the administrative hassle for a bank or for for example a retailer but actually took the other approach that you say okay the, the, the experience for the end customer needs to be 
spot on, and then it will bring the value to the uh, to the supplier itself automatically. Yeah, I like that. That's something that is, I would say, some fresh thinking here. Yeah. So in that process, I mean, I've been following the the financial services space and the fintech the fintech movement quite quite a bit. Uh, I've actually got a customer that is creating a digital banking platform. So I've, I understand this uh, industry quite a, quite a bit. There's a lot of movement there. So so how do you ensure you you keep standing out in this yeah highly disruptive industry? Yeah, that, that's a tough question. To be honest, what we do is that we try to stay in touch with regulations and also like movements in this sort of area on a daily basis. As you probably see yourself, well, there's new upcoming innovative banks, new banks, crypto banks on a daily basis. The regulations are continually changing in terms of KYC and AML requirements. We basically try to think outside the box and basically see in what direction the, the regulations are going. So we try to continually add new services to our system, which could be potentially compliant with the new upcoming regulations as well. Yeah. Just to give an example of this, a concrete example is that we have our live video verification as part of the system. This option is especially important for some regulations from the world which are forcing you to actually do a live video verification as opposed yeah. to the most standard one, which is like upload of a photo verification. I saw that on your website. Yeah. Liveliness detection. Exactly. <laughs> So that's one part of the system which we try to continue to refine just to stay in touch with regulations all around the world. But it's a tough one, to be honest. You never know in what direction the regulations are going to go. No, correct. But I mean, I think it's always good to take a step back at a number of points in a year and see what is really happening. And also understanding like what is the outcome that you try to solve and, and, and looking at it from a customer perspective rather than say, okay, I'm in, the, I'm in the business of identification and this is what we do. Because this, of course, this this can go into many directions at the end. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, I mean, when you can, when did you launch your product? We launched it in 2017. Okay. So what did you learn from selling this? Were there any, any surprises there? Or, yeah, well, surprises both negative and positive? Positive surprises have been that clients are very eager to learn more about our services. Some of the negative surprises have been that some clients, even though we, we present and we show our systems, still rely too much on on brand awareness yeah so this is something which we definitely saw like back in 2018 at the moment i don't really see we have the same problems with this at the moment but basically if we approach a client in 2018 we were sort of like new in the industry they could basically still say that sorry guys we haven't actually heard about your company and basically not be comfortable in doing business with us so that was one of the problems which we basically saw yeah. in the beginning of our career yeah i've heard, heard that many many times and yeah. it's, it drives you crazy yeah, it's hard to convince some guys who have already set their minds on not doing business like with a new upcoming company. Yeah, that's true. But then again, I mean, I'm also in the marketing space and it's like, okay, if this is, we do business with people that, yeah, that, that do certain things in certain ways and then it's not for you. As long as you know early in the process and don't get, get dragged into a uh, selection process of months and months and then, then I hear it at the very, very end. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to deal with it. Yeah. But of course, that's only a matter of, matter of time. And the moment you get your proof points, that will easily go away. Yeah. So, I mean, have you seen already a sort of a breakthrough or a tipping point in terms of your growth? Yeah, we certainly have. Like, especially like in the end part of 2018, like our clients basically started to grow like substantially. Only in fact, in 2018, we were one of the quickest growing providers in the industry. So wow. what I'm referring to was in the beginning part of 2018. 
2019 have also been very good to us. Like we have some of the largest clients in their sectors at the moment using our system. So yeah, yeah that's what I mean. You know, they, they will start talking about it to each other. Exactly. Yeah, the whole snowball effect and all that stuff. Yeah. Let me make a small interruption here. Victor just highlighted something really important about what happens once customers turn into fans. It becomes the flywheel of your business and often introduces your tipping point. The ability to turn customers into fans is a core trait of a remarkable software company, as you can read in my upcoming book. So, if you want to get some fresh guidance about what you can do to turn your customers into fans, just drop me a note at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Back to the interview. Yeah, and then that the rest will follow automatically. That's, that's why uh, they created this, this cycle, you know, the, the adoption cycle. And they're talking about the innovators and the early adopters and then the, 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 the early majority that comes always after the fact. They are looking for something else. They're looking for, uh, for risk aware, uh, no, risk averse approach rather than doing something completely new. Exactly. So, so what do you believe is, I mean, talking about, I mean, my passion is about what makes a software company remarkable. What do you believe is a key ingredient to be remarkable as a software company? Talking about yourself in this case. Talking about ourselves in this case, I think it is in terms of being flexible for the clients. Flexible in a way that not all clients are the same. Yeah. You need to be able to customize the solution for some clients. And this is basically what we do extremely well in the space as well. We can adapt to regulation requirements. We can customize the service to fit the client's specific needs. And I believe that's part of why we have actually been growing so large in the past years. Yeah. Is it, by the way, that your solution is embedded into other software or is it a solution in itself? I think it's the solution in itself. Like as I mentioned about our, our checks that are customizable, the clients can just pick and choose between our services. Yeah. And also in the sense of actually integrating our services to them. So it can both be embedded as a like iframe window. It can also be integrated by the API. Yeah. We basically provide like endless flexibility in terms of customization and also use cases. So what do you believe is, your, is, is, is where the biggest market is? Is that the market of the end, the end customer or is it maybe kind of scaling through other fintech suppliers? Could you repeat that question, please? I mean, so what do you believe is the biggest opportunity for growth for your organization? Is that by going directly for the end user customers? Or is it maybe to kind of yeah, bet on the, on the, as a platform on other fintech software suppliers that start to embed your software and then start selling it yeah, to their customers? I think it mostly relies on uh, focusing on like the, the providers, so like the businesses in this case. The main reason is like our business is not really like business to consumer focus, it's more business to business focused. Yeah. And as long as we still provide like quick certification service, so we basically give the customers the best experience. Basically, the providers are happy to use our services for their customers. Yeah, I agree. So how do things like PSD2 influence you? Not that much, to be honest. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, of course, it opens for like a more open banking experience. But in our case, like since banks would like to integrate to us directly, it hasn't really impacted us that much. Okay, okay, understood. Yeah. Well, I um, mean, we're getting... Close to the top of the hour. What are you most proud of achieving so far? That's a tough question. Most proud of achieving so far. To be honest, I think it would have been signing up some of the largest customers which I have at the moment because it took some very long time for our entire team to deal with these. So like signups of the customers. But in the end, it was all worth it because the customers signed up and they are happy customers ever since. So I think that's like one of the achievements. And also, but this was actually in the beginning when we launched it, that we were able to support every country and every language in the entire world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the tough part. That also yeah. was giving you some defensible differentiation, I would call it. Exactly. Yeah, it's hard for, for, I mean, if you really go that deep, it's hard for anybody else to come in. 
Absolutely. But, yeah. So based on the key lessons that you've learned and the, the tidbits of wisdom that you've gained, what advice would you give other CEOs or peers in your industry? I'm guessing this might be like the obvious advice is to don't give up. Of course, in the beginning, it's always tough to reach out to new clients and get them to sign up, especially if you're sort of like an unknown company. But it will only become easier and easier and you just don't have to give up on doing what you're basically doing. Yeah. Don't give up. Any, anything else? One advice which we found very helpful was to like, instead of spending too much money on different marketing and different events, we basically try to grow our company as organically as possible. So we try to use our already existing contact networks to try and reach out to companies to see if they are interested in the services or if perhaps they have any other interested parties which could be in use of our services. Yeah. So that would also be a good advice to any new basic provider. I agree. I agree. I've heard it a couple of times and it's an interesting one in itself. Grow organic and not through funding and so on. Yeah. What is your greatest aspiration? Where do you want to be in the next 12 to 24 months? To be honest, we would like to be the number one priority when it comes to identity verifications for any company in the industry. Hopefully, we will have multiple different offices throughout the world. Maybe I'll be down alongside you in Spain as well, since the weather is much better. But basically, be a very established company and have multiple different clients using our services. Yeah. If there's anyone in the audience that think they can help you, what would be your ask? Basically, like we're always looking for partners in like specific regions as well. Like we're currently evaluating options in the MENA region, for example, where the digital system is happening very large. So if anybody thinks that they might have clients or connections which could be useful for us and they would like to help, please get in touch with us and we'll be glad to get on a call with them. Absolutely. Sorry so where can people go if they want to find more about you, about Shafty Pro? How can they connect? Basically, they can go to our website, www.shaftypro.com, or they can simply just send myself an email directly at victor at shaftypro.com. Okay, yeah. that's simple. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Victor. It was an inspiring half hour with you. Thank you, too. Quite a bit of things about the fintech space again. Keep, I'll keep following you in terms of uh, where you're going with this company. Sounds very good. Thank you very much for the call. It was a true pleasure, Victor. And good luck on delivering upon the mission that you run. I will definitely keep a close eye on how you will expand that beyond the boundaries of fintechs and banks once you are ready for that, uh, that next stage of growth. So thanks. And that leads me to turn myself to everybody that's listening today. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Victor Fredung, CEO of Shafti Pro. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.